everyone. This is Business Meets Spirituality. I'm Adam Hergenrother. Joined today, filling in for Howie, is Caitlin, our Director of Marketing for Adam Hergenrother Companies. Caitlin, welcome. Thank you. Excited to have you here. here. Yes, we're excited to have you here. Because, you know, one of the things that people don't always see behind the scenes is I'm always interested in, like, unlocking, like, the authenticity or, like, the intimacy of the conversations that happen behind the scenes before they actually get in there. And you're a big part of the conversations with Hallie and I um, a lot of times, just like she was and as preparing for this one as well, too. And so um, I always like to bring uh, you on to this conversation as well, too, to kind of unlock some of those other questions that you may have as we kind of dig deep in here. And last week, uh, Hallie did her fill of talking at our Project You Spirituality Retreat, which was an incredible event, and we were super pumped to be on there. But one of the themes that came out of this that I, I started taking some notes on and wanted to kind of jump on a podcast with is this theme about, um, you know, this, and I'm going to kind of take a stab at trying to explain it. It's like this outer world of accomplishing these goals, right? Like, yeah, I want to, you know, net a million dollars. I want to build this company. I want to be, I want to be a leader of this division. I want to be the CEO of this company. I want to be a professional athlete. I want to, you know, whatever it is, these kind of outer goals versus kind of this inner scorecard that you have with yourselves and how do you marry, marry the two together. And so what I really mean by that is how, um, it's not necessarily, this is kind of the phrase that always comes to mind. It's not necessarily, uh, what you do. It's the part of you that's doing it. And we said that before in spirituality is it's not what you do is a part of you doing it. Another way of saying it is it's not necessarily what you do externally, or let me say it better for people that get caught with that phrase. It's not the outcome from what you do that you're trying to go after that matters. It's the part of you that's showing up each day because it's yes, there's some amazing things you can do externally, which are awesome contributing and giving, but you could be somebody who's running a nonprofit, but if you're doing it for, um, for a way to, to, you know, give yourself power in the nonprofit world, that's not necessarily the best idea, right? So it's not necessarily, it's not bad thing to be going after these big goals that are out there. What, where, where the shadow can come in is in when you're doing it, um, and you're not keeping track of kind of the things that really matter the most to you. And the way I kind of can see this is if you were to think of six words, Caitlin, you can even think of six words or a couple words, or as the listeners are kind of following along with this is, you know, five or six words or eight, because it's a sign of infinity, as Hallie said earlier, right? Um, eight words that you'd want in your tombstone, or maybe even, the, you know, a day that you're most proud of, right? Like how, what would you want people to describe of, or how can you experience, you know, that magic? moment that you had or that moment that made you the most proud in your life? Like what were some of those words come to you? Sure. So when we were talking about this a little bit earlier, I just jotted down three as it came up. So the three that came up for me were open, loving, and trusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Which are, which are great. So if you take those words, right. And it's, if we, if we can get, if we get so a lot of us who are so driven, whether that's driven in sports, whether that's driven in business, whether it's driven as employees running leaders or whatever we just do, what we are, we get so caught up with wanting to go after this result that we're willing to forego this kind of inner scorecard that we just pretend doesn't exist. And the thing is like love, caring, contribution. If you ask a group, we asked in our project, you group kind of these essence words of like what some people kind of hold close to them. Right. And they're, and they're necessarily, they're not really these outward goals. And so part of it is, is where you're, you can go after the goal, but if you're doing it and you're, and you're, and you're 
basically going to have to pay some future tax because you're not paying attention to your inner scorecard, i.e. why people achieve success and are missing some level of fulfillment, then, then you've missed the mark, right? It's like, I don't want people to wake up one day and go, Hey, I've got this amazing company or I've built this amazing part, or I've been part of this amazing thing. And like go, Oh, but I missed this entire part that means the most to me. Totally. As you're talking, what comes to mind is when, um, before I started working here, like probably five, six, seven years ago at this point, I was building my own small business. And I remember like holding the goal of building a successful business. So it, it was like the most important thing to me. And at a certain point, I really looked around in my life and I was like, do I even like who I'm being right now? You know? And that was a big turning point for me because I realized I was chasing a goal that wasn't very, the, success of the business that I was building actually wasn't how I wanted to be in the world. And so it was led to kind of like a huge evaluate or evaluation of what I was doing at the time. Um, yeah. I love, so yeah, I think that's real. Yeah. I mean, I love how you put that because it's, it's, it's that reorientation, that kind of inner dialogue, that inner scorecard that you can have. There's an outer scorecard too, which is perfectly fine, right? It's, it's, you have a role to play here. You're interacting with life. But what I really want people to take away from this is that have, what are you sacrificing is another way of saying, I'm just, we're all saying the same thing. A lot of our podcasts, it just comes down to saying it differently. So you, hopefully you can hear it in a different way is, are you, if your kids are the most important to you, like I always ask this question, like, what do people value the most? Right. And they say, my kids spending time with them doing this stuff. And I go, well, then really, where'd you spend your time and where'd you spend spend your money is a kind of a way of reflecting with that. Because what you typically find is it's not necessarily in alignment with what you said is the most important part of that. And then, cause then you go, but I, because you're in conflict, that's the, here's the thing. There's the being world and the doing world In the doing world. It is always about getting something done. The next event, the next challenge, the next problem, the next, the next, the next in the doing world, understand there will never be a time that there's, there's a period. It's always going to be a comma or a dot, dot, dot. And there's always going to be continue another end. So in the doing world itself, this is where people get trapped, whether you're an athlete and need to keep doing, whether you're in, in music and you keep doing it, whether you're in business um, or engaged in some sort of active business or entrepreneurship or teacher, there's always this next doing event that you can do. And so, but we get so caught up because that's this, this lineage that we've been passed on. They're like, that's what you're supposed to do is just do this. It's also why, you know, if you ever noticed that even in our society, how elderly people have, have grown from, you know, or have grown, have kind of almost diminished. And I don't mean to belittle that, but like diminished over the time of like, they're not worthy almost. It's like, at best we put them in these nice homes and, and I'm involved with, with healthcare campuses and, and, and Alzheimer's facilities. And so you can see the, the dynamics of people putting in there. It's like, we don't revere elderly anymore. Like back in the, you know, a couple hundred years ago and beyond, it was like the elderly actually raised the kids. <laughs> they actually were the ones instilling the wisdom on people because they've been through all this. And they kind of woken up a little bit to their inner scorecard, which is what I want people to really start paying attention to, which is this, this, I have this inner scorecard. So what are those five or six words? If you're listening here, that really define your inner scorecard, then it's fine to go out there and, and set up to go build this big company or go after this next project or write this book or whatever it is that you want to do, but you're no longer sacrificing. You're not willing to sell out. We actually heard that in project you. And I think Hallie, who liked that comment from Ganga G, who's maybe somebody you've, you've maybe heard of, but she said, I'm not willing to sell out because the question to her was, do you want people to like you? And I, and I kind of always like this, right? It, yeah. It's, it's not willing to sell out for my preferences. Right. And so it's, it's, uh, it, and the question was, is, is, 
are you, do you want people to like you? And, and of course they're like, well, why wouldn't I want people to like me? It'd be awesome to door, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to think that everyone's going to like me by any means. And a lot of people are not. And the same goes for me. Same goes for everybody that's listening to this is you'd be great to have everyone like you. That's awesome. But that's not necessarily the case. And what the difference is you're not willing to sacrifice this inner scorecard. You're not willing to sell out on what is the most value to you in order to get people to like you. You're not willing to sell out on the value of what's most important to you, your kids, your community, your family to drive to some level of success. Because if you do, I'm afraid you people will wake up one day and they are, they already are. These are the conversations we're having. People wake up and go, man, I missed that. Right. I missed that point. I missed the whole point of life. And, and, and then you're in it. It's so hard to see it. Right. And it's almost why you have to talk about it over and over again. People kind of go, oh, what is this inner scorecard? What is this kind of directing my life? And people know it because once they achieve something, they go, well, there's kind of this emptiness, this lack of fulfillment. There's a lack of authenticity. There's something that it's missing here. And, and what it is, is because you've been so fixated in the doing world of the next, next, next. And it's, you have to, we're playing our Dharma in life now is not to be inactive. It's to participate in life and build and grow and contribute and make things better. Awesome. But what it's not to do is to not to sacrifice or sell out on our things and our values that are most important to us that we'd want those words on our tombstone. Because if we watch of how we're interacting, again, it goes back to this comment of it's not about what you do or what you accomplish. It's how you accomplish it. I guess it's probably a better way of saying it. it's not about what you accomplish. It's about the interaction that you have with everyone around you, including yourself, right? That matters more than anything because you have this, um, you have this kind of dialogue inside your head and we all do. Right. And it's, and really that inner scorecard can be a reflection, right. Of if you hold that close of the content and tone of that voice that no one hears, right. There's a voice that no one hears that's in there. And if that content in the tone is all about doing, then that's where you're going to be directed to. And that's why people get addicted to listening to their minds because their mind is the content and the tone is so powerful that they think that's the only way out because they know there's not quite something right. And so they just like, I got to get more. I got to get more because you're playing a hundred percent in the doing world versus just pausing for a second and realizing that being inner world is much more of an often it's more of your authenticity. It's more of it's more of what you'd want people to describe you as. There's a lot of techniques you can do to get there. And there's thousands of them. We could, you know, people can teach those. The orientation here is what are you sacrificing right now? Right? What are you missing out on? Or what are you going to have to pay tax on later on? Or what's some karmic event, depending on how you see this, that's going to have to be unfolded later on because of this drive that sucked you into it because you have to achieve this, right? It's like, I have to get a gold medal or I, I have to build this business. And in this, this desire and need overcomes you to a point where you athletes cheat or in business you cheat or, or you treat people terribly, or you just, you're communicating and you're just, it's all about soul you. And, and I know people say, well, that's not really me, but it's almost like, have you stopped and paused to get out of that frame for a second to actually see if any of those things are showing up in your life? Yeah. So if somebody is like really wrapped up in a goal and I feel like we've all probably had this experience, you know, when you hear all this messaging too, like you need to hustle, you need to like be, I mean, we even say that you need consistency over intensity and just all these messages of like, keep going. How do you know if you're using those in a positive way towards a meaningful goal, or if you're 
like so wrapped up in it, you're actually missing the being aspect of it. Like how do you even tell if you're that wrapped up in it? Yeah. The first step is awareness, right? Which is what we're trying to do here today, which is just bring some level of awareness of just get you into pause and get out of the doing for a second. Just, just stop. That's why podcasts, there's millions of podcasts that are wonderful, right? Just to pause you for a second. So I always tell people the training in itself isn't necessarily the training. The training is to get you to stop what you're doing, <laughs> right? It's that word doing. It's to stop what you're doing for a second or for an hour or for a day and pause and reflect on the direction that you're taking your life, right? Or is the direction that your mind is taking your life, right? And that's really what it's coming down to is like, is, am I directing my life based on how I really want to show up in the world? And I don't mean show up because I want to be powerful to show up. I mean, because it's, it's, it's my nature, right? Everyone has a different nature. Like I always go back to the animals in in nature because they are just in alignment with who they are. Like a hyena shows up a certain way, right? We all, if we think of a hyena, it shows up a certain way. It's not like wondering whether or not it's showing up the certain way just is in alignment with how it shows up. A leopard shows up differently. It hunts at night, it hunts solo. Hyenas hunt in packs. They just naturally instinctively go to those things. Whales talk at a different vibration. Trees communicate as we found out now that communicate underground through just these tunnels, essentially through, um, like it, it transports communication through fungi. And if a, if a tree is actually going to die and it recognizes it, it starts shifting some of the, uh, um, of your, of the good parts of the tree to help to healthier, younger trees to survive the species. All right. And it just does that naturally. And so the point of whether, how, you know, whether or not you're doing it or not is to first pause and get out of the doing section of it and just reflect on how you're, how you're showing up in the world. And again, it's not about what you accomplish. That was because I, I promise you at some point in your life, you're going to look at that and go, wow, it's pretty cool to accomplish these external things. But what's really going to matter is your contribution or the self-realization, know thyself and what, and by doing that, you automatically open up other people for the same way, which is why, like when you put a mask on if, in an airplane, you can help others. If you wake up, right? I always say the greatest gift to humanity is to wake up and that's it. Because if you wake up, your natural light wakes everybody else up to their authenticity. You actually attract people who want to wake up to be closer to their own nature, right? And so as you do this, you don't have to even try to contribute because you're just going to contribute. It's like an apple tree doesn't try to drop apples. An oak tree doesn't try to drop oats. It just does. And it's the same thing. When we get out of our drive for doing this insatiable appetite for wanting more or keep doing, 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 and we get out of that, it actually becomes very clear. And it actually, the next step is just as if it's written down on a piece of paper for you. It's just right in front of you. It just opens up. And, and, but the thing is you can't rationalize that or can't really know that until you start to actually operate from that place. I like to give the example of like, if you're skiing or if you're, you know, maybe you're swimming or you're doing some competitive sport, um, because it's just good to do it. And you actually, for me, I mean, I love to ski. So if you're in the woods skiing, if you start thinking about, you know, you may pick a line if you're in the woods in this deep section, but once you get in the line, like you pick a goal of where you want to go, but once you get in the action, you get out of your mind and you just ski 
and you just be. <laughs> You're no longer trying to use your mind to figure out which way I'm trying to go because it's happening too fast. And guess what you just do? You just ski. <laughs> it's when you get in your mind that you trip and fall and get caught with it. I actually was playing around with this. I was in the woods over the weekend and it was like, by the way, it was like negative eight degrees or 50 mile an hour winds and, I, and the mountain was shut down, but they had gotten snow and had been shut down for basically almost two days. And I just said, what the heck? And I went up there and I skinned up to the top of the mountain. It was, I was miserable, by the way. It was freezing and, and, and anything, but I started getting in the woods and, and I, I was coming down this, there's like knee deep powder and it was, it was amazing. It was awesome. But every time I, I stopped and tried to re, cause I'm, I'm new to a little, somewhat new to skiing. So I'm really trying to work on my game and skiing. And when I, when I found myself really using my mind to try to ski better, I skied worse because I had already ingrained the technique. And when I just stopped and allowed it was just like this big aha moment. I was like, this is it. I'm going to share this with our listeners. Right. And it was like, I just got out of my mind and I just skied. I actually went faster, but I was in more control. My feet were underneath me better. I was able to pop out of the powder. And I was like, that's it. I was like, I just got to stop thinking so much and just, and just be there. There is a time and a place to use your mind for analytical thinking for direction. It's kind of like in this example, if you're on a fall line skiing, right. And you can pick and you can see the next hundred yards and you kind have the line that you're going to go. But once you take action for it, then you're in it. It's in business, right? You start of January 1st or February 1st starts out and you're like, here's the direction we're going to go for the next quarter. Then once you get in it, you just start interacting with the moment and the moment will give you everything you need to do. I hear you. And that also yes. sounds really like intimidating. I mean, that's what you're talking about sounds like complete surrender, right? To like letting life unfold. And so is there like a way that for someone like myself or other people who are listening where you're at the beginning process of this, where you can like start small or do you just have to like fully surrender all at once? Or can you, is it like a muscle, like an exercise that you build up that you can like, cause I hear you say, Oh, you know, the next thing will naturally unfold. And I think that's great for you, Adam. I can see that in your life, but how do I like yeah. trust that that's actually going to happen in my life too? Yeah. Well, that's your mind. Um, but <laughs> we'll work through that. Nobody, it's an awesome question. And I think most people are probably listening to that and, and asking themselves the same question. Start small. Just start with something very small and use techniques. I mean, these techniques are designed to work. The only reason I, I said this many times before, tech, techniques are amazing. The thing that about techniques is they can trap you into a certain level, right? Think about in sports. If you had a technique that was designed to, you know, keep you at an elementary level and you didn't advance your technique, you would stay at that level of sports. If you just learned the letter A and you didn't move on past A in learning the alphabet, you'd be stuck at a certain level learning the alphabet. If you were at sixth grade math level and because you could do it easy, you never went to seventh grade math level, you'd be stuck at sixth grade math level. In business, if you, you know, were using some technique that you first started out and you didn't advance your technique, right, you'd be stuck at the same level. And it's the same thing in your inner journey, that inner scorecard, right? If you use a certain technique, it's designed to get you further along, but you need to be able to recognize when the next technique is available for you and be open to the next technique, which requires change. I'm going to go back and answer your question. Yes. So the technique in itself in the beginning can be something small. You may write out on a piece of paper of saying, I come from contribution daily. And so every morning when you wake up, you're looking at this and the future self is a great tool for these things. They help guide you in your life to start putting these things back in play, right? So you may say, you know what? I, I mean, they're all over my thing. Need nothing, enjoy everything. There's written all over my stuff as a way of just guiding my life. So every time I feel this pull to want something or desire something that I just don't really need, I just remind myself of, you don't need anything and enjoy everything that's coming to you, right? And so you use these, you use your mind 
right? When the mind starts getting out of the, or when you feel this pull, you understand what I mean too. Like this pull, this, like when, when there's a desire for something, it's a pull, right? It's like a, it's a pull. So, and, and where this comes from is, um, and we can do a whole podcast on this is here's the thing, a raw shot test. You know, we're familiar with a raw shot test is right. A raw shot test is basically like in psychology or psychotherapy, what they use is they have an, an ink blot, right? And this is the best way I can describe it. They hold up an ink blot, right? Like the listeners can see this. I'm holding up a piece of paper with an ink blot, right? They hold up an ink blot and they say, Caitlin, what do you see? And people go, well, I see my parents fighting or I see a rainbow or I see the first time I got married first time, right? Or I see like, I, I see, uh, you know, making the, the time I sold my company or whatever it is, right? Or I, I see a car that I really want or I, or I see when I got beat up when I was in sixth grade, right? It's, it's, it's so basically what's happening is a Rothschild test is pulling out how you see the world. And so what happens is as you are, when you look at an ink blot, you're seeing it based on your fears, your desires, and your preferences. So everything you see in the world, I'm just giving you one small example, but this is how we combat it to help answer your question. If as people look out in the world, they see the world based on their preferences, based on their fears or based on their desires. That's why when you drive by, if you are addicted to power or success or whatever, and you see somebody has got a nice car that you really want, you go, Oh, I should probably have that car too. Right? It's that you see the world that way. Somebody else didn't see it that way. Right? Nobody else had there. And so really it's this, you, you, you see the, you see the world based on, again, your, I want people to hear this, your preferences, your fears, and your desires. That's how you see the world. That's how you see it. My question is, is why don't you just see it an ink blot? Why don't you just see an ink blot? Why don't you just see, and this is where the Buddha says, just tree. Cause they say you're, you know, you stay in there and meditate until you see just tree and they come out and they say, I see it just tree. It's just an ink blot. It's, it's what it's showing you is that once you can clear your preferences, once you can clear these desires for something to personal gain, cause that's all you're going to see is, or you clear your fears of not being able to hold it together. It's like, I want to go and, and, and be enlightened, but I got to stay back here and hold it all together. Right. Or I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, I, I gotta, I want to go build my business, but man, I, I, I gotta hold it here. I want to hire somebody to take over my position, but I gotta hold this all together. Right. Or I had an amazing year last year in business and, and I, I can't go for it. I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure I hold this all together. Like you use so much energy going to trying to hold this together. You hold nothing together. And if there's this entire year of 2020 hasn't showed us anything is you don't hold anything together. (laughs) You don't. So stop trying to. And so the first technique is question everything. This awareness. Why do I see? Why is it when I see somebody else's nice car that I instantly want it? What's wrong with my car? What's wrong with my truck or your, whatever you're driving your bike. It's, or if you, you see somebody that's got a a better husband or better workout shape than you or whatever it is. It's like, you're like, why don't I have that? Right. That inner voice that again, that no one else hears is that inner dialogue, the content, the tone of the inner, the inner voice that no one sees or no one hears. Right. We don't yet. Maybe at some point in time you will, but that's what I mean by this is so you start with awareness around this of just, why can't I see a just tree? Why can't I see an ink blot? It's because you have these preferences, you have these likes, you have these desires, you have these, these fears that keep painting the world. So you see it through the veil of the mind is what people refer to that as, right? You see it as a veil. I'm just unpacking that differently for people to hear that is you see it through that. It's like you put glasses on that are imprinted with your desires, fears, and preferences, but you just take it off and you see everything for what it is and how you interact with 
with life. And that's why I said that skiing example is you actually start to see for what it is and you're in the flow and it's just showing up for you. Right. And it's just showing up that way. So to start, it's this awareness. It's why just question it. Why do I feel when I'm driving and it's like, it's like the mind is so, um, etheric. It's just so sensitive. Right. And it's like, it's like it can go boo and you're done for a day. Right. I mean, it just literally says one word to you, one sentence, and you're done for the three days a week. Right. It can put you in there or right before a meeting, you can say, you can read something and all of a sudden boo, and you're just out. Uh, and it just changes. It's so it's just, you blow on it and just changes from one second to another. And so we just, we need to stop paying attention to that. And as you do, you'll start to develop more of this inner scorecard that becomes clearer to you. And that's why, so to start with, maybe you write it down in the direction you want to go. You write down, I want to come from contribution. I want to come from service. I want to, I want, and you can use the word power. I'm not saying you can't just how that means to you, right? Like I sent an email yesterday and, uh, to our, to our group. And I just said, it's, it's a fight. Right. And somebody emailed back that's going through a lot of spiritual stuff. And she's like, when you, every time you use that word fight, it may, it triggers something in me. Like, how do you see it's like fight to transmute the energy is actually a beautiful question. And so I just responded to him. I said, if that word fight is triggering you, there's something inside of you. That's not, that's, that's being triggered. It has nothing to do with the word. It's like the ink blot, right? The word fight is your ink blot. And so when you hear the word fight, there's a trauma or there is a desire or there's a preference or there's a non-preference or dislike about the word. Therefore you can work on yourself to get rid of that. Cause as you do, then you can just see the word for what it is, which is the playfulness that I had the tone behind it. Right. There was no energy behind the word. It was like, Hey, let's go fight. Right. Or fight. Right. You could just, how you say it. It's the, that tone of that voice. Remember I said that earlier, it's the tone in the, in the content of that voice that no one else hears. And don't let that run your life because if it does, it's going to put our eye in there. It's going to ruin it. And you're going to wake up one day and realize that I've been chasing something in this doing world that is never going to bring me closer to knowing thyself. So when I say that, Kaylin, what do you think? Um, well, what you said about when you're kind of in this moment of moving forward by trusting, surrendering, what really made sense for me is that like, when you're trying to control things, you're investing so much energy in controlling it. How could you possibly know what the possibilities are on the other side? Because you're using all the energy that you have to kind of hold it together. Um, I think the challenging part is just actually being able to trust that when you let go of trying to control that, then those things will, the next right step or action or whatever will appear. Um, but to me, at least logically, it made sense when I'm investing so much energy and holding things together, there's no room for other possibilities because all my time and focus is there. Yeah. I mean, people, that's awesome. People have these aha moments all the time. You can live through aha moments daily basis. The reason why we don't have any more aha moments and an aha moment is something that doesn't come from the mind, does it? It moves your whole body. It's a visceral feeling. It's like conscious contact with it in itself. And you just get the aha moment. You're like, I know it, right? Like we had this, we had a med- several group meditations during part of you and people were like, wow, that was really deep. And so what I, I let everyone kind of answer. Then I paused and I said, well, how do you know you went deep? And they said, well, I just went deep. I said, great. I know, you know, but explain to me what deep means. You know, it's when you go further <laughs> and, and people started laughing. I said, because you've had the knowing you experience. And I said, well, I'm, I'm interested in who went, actually went deep. How do you know you went deep in meditation? And people are listening. You, you've probably meditated before and you went deep. How do you know? 
<laughs> it's like the same question. If you've never done meditation, it's how do you know you slept well, or how do you know that you had a dream? Well, I just knew that I was there because you were there in between all of it. It's like, so I'm much more interested in, in who does everything, right? The part of you that's doing it, not the mind, not the ego, not the, the doing part of doing is not doing it. It's you who's in there is interacting with life, then doing it may look the same, right? And the outside people are going, oh, it looks, they're doing the exact same thing, but the inner part is completely different. It's like the Buddhists say, bloom where you are. You can be rich, poor, famous, not famous. It doesn't matter. Your external life can look identical, but the, the deeper part of you that's doing it is, is doing it much more in alignment because it's just interacting with it. And then it shows up in doing and people are like, well, that's what they're doing over there. Right. And they can, and you can hold on to whatever it is and you're just missing. And that's why it's the authenticity are unpacking this at such a deep level because you could see people can even see many people that are achieving levels of success and going, well, they're just doing it for that or that reason. So you actually get to know the person and realize that's not really why they're doing it. And then maybe that's happened to people in your life. Like it could be a teacher, it could be a police officer, it could be a, a government official and we have, or a politician and we have all these different stereotypes around that until you meet the person, you go, well, they're not really doing it for that reason. Right? Because once you get to know them, you see the, the real deeper work behind what they're doing. And then some people you thought doing really good and you get to know them and you're going, well, they're doing it for a different reason. And that's, that's what that means. And so I just wanted to bring this to people's attention as you start off the new year, right into 2021 about, it's not about the goal or what you accomplish. Those are amazing. Celebrate them, go after them. Don't get tripped up with that. You can go after them all you want, but remember the part of you that's going after it. Is it going after it to do, 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 to distract me, to do this, to climb over other people, to push people aside, to cheat people and to, I'll give you a, a vulnerable example on this. The, when I first started building a couple of my houses, um, and I, I love building, I love the creative factor of building my houses. I just love it. And, uh, and so I, from the design work to the excavation to construction in, in early part of my life, I would, I would really focus on how I could basically pay people the least amount of money. So I would use contracts to kind of figure out like there's gray areas in this, like you're not getting paid for this extra and you're the kind of screw people over. And it's like, it's, it's not really wrong per se. Like there's not really doing it, but it's, there's this inner scorecard. Just give people an example of this, that if you say you're going to come from contribution and not really screw people over just to put in there, if that was your thing of, of serving and helping and contributing, then you wouldn't screw people over in that way. And so you'd say, I would take every opportunity to kind of get these things down lower and lower and lower again. And, um, most recently I'm building a new house. And one of the things that I, that I, i really was conscious of and actually kind of it upsets me to a certain extent of how I behaved in some of those older things that I built because I was just, and again, it wasn't, wasn't, um, legally wrong, right? It was just, it was more, my inner scorecard wasn't clear to me on how I wanted to do that. So actually what I did was, cause you can all, whether it happened in there, I actually wrote out checks to people that I felt that I didn't, um, I didn't treat properly over the last couple months to people that I built homes for or have helped me out years ago. And I just wrote them out. I, I called them up and I said, Hey, we had an issue with some of these extras, these challenges. What, you know, what were you thinking? They're like, really? Like, what are you doing? I, I tens of thousands of dollars. I actually wrote checks out over the last couple months just to give back to some of these people. And, uh, and it's not because of money situation, right? It had nothing to do with that. It was because of my inner scorecard. There's always a way to take the right action. And that's just kind of a, a, an internal example of, of, of how that shows up in my life of when you're really, ref when you're really 
in line with this kind of inner scorecard that you're keeping, because that's the more authentic self than what you're doing from that inner scorecard. It doesn't really matter. Yes, it, it's fun. And don't get me wrong. We're still doing it. And we want to build a big business. We want to do those things. But I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sell out my inner scorecard to accomplish any of these things. You can see this with professional athletes and I'll wrap this up, but you can see this with professional athletes that like you, you see athletes who may be making $250 million in four years and they have all these endorsements, but they're arrogant. Nobody wants to hang out with them, but yet they're selling t-shirts and doing these things because they have money and they're famous and these things. But you just know that they're just not like great people. I mean, they're not great in, in what they're doing now because of how they're acting from it. And you just see it and they're like, how do the people even paying these people or Paul, some politicians or some actors are just so hubris the way they come across, but they, you, cause the thing is what I'm trying to get at is you can be extremely wealthy and, 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 and be in that place, which a lot of people are. And this is a lot of billionaires just super unhappy because they're just not living that inner scorecard. They're just trying to get more and more and more to prove to the world of what they can do. And I just don't want anybody to ever wake up and realize like, wow, huh? Uh, maybe I missed something. Maybe I missed this inner part. And if you actually hang around people that are closer on their phasing out or transitioning from this world to the next world, whatever that means for you, the, the commonality between there has nothing to do with about what you did has nothing to do about what you were doing in life. It had much more to do in reflection of how they showed up and how everyone showed up. They used different words, but that's really what they're saying. It's how did you show up again? Not what you did or what you accomplished. That could be from being the president from to, to being a janitor, not to belittle anything you can do here and there. Right. But it's the part of you that was interacting with the life that you had while you were here. That's what matters. That's your inner scorecard. And if you focus on that, the next step will always be open and always be clear. And that'll give you the clarity to live an authentic life. Um, one question for people who want to start using this as a guide in their life. What do you recommend? So like writing these on a post-it and putting them on your computer, like your six words or what's, if you want to hold the air focus on it, what do you do? I would start journaling for about five to 10 minutes every morning. And the journaling, I've been doing this for years, almost over a decade now, is just journaling about, okay, how did I show up today? How did I show up yesterday? Right? Like, and just because what it does, is it puts you in a position for 10 minutes. If you can do 10 minutes, you can find 10 minutes, everybody. This puts you in a position to just be reflective and bring a more awareness to how you interacted. Right. And just to show up like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I didn't treat this person the way I thought I should, or maybe I just, I, I didn't do it. And so then you, then you can use that as a way of saying, this is how I'm going to show up today. Right. This is how I'm going to show up today. And you just, you're not going to win. You're not going to be great at it. You're, it's just like, if you want to learn the piano, you've never played the piano before you got to start somewhere. And it's the same thing here. If you want to start living more from that inner the inner scorecard, there's the outer scorecard too. That's the being versus doing that doing is the outer scorecard. That's wonderful. It's awesome. Right. Celebrate those things. Just don't be them. Right. Don't think your life is about those things. So start with a, a 10 minutes of, of morning journaling, preferably after some sort of meditation that you're doing and just reflect on the past day or the past week, and then reflect on how you're going to show up today. That would be the place that I would start. 
Well, thanks for hanging with us today again. Um, if you uh, are inspired by this, you like this content, uh, please share it. I get it too. Like leaving reviews is kind of a pain in the butt. Like I it was, we were just talking about like how even the ones I really like, I'm not sure I even left a little review, but I'm gonna make sure I do. I actually have left a couple reviews on, on some sites, but um, maybe just don't leave a review because you just don't want to deal with it, but share it, right? Share an episode. It takes two seconds to share an episode. So if you like this episode, find one or two people right now that you think they can enjoy this and go ahead and share the episode. We greatly appreciate getting our message out there. 